I'm John. I'm John. If we haven't met before, uh, it's nice to, to sort of see you. I, I don't know about you. It's probably because I'm getting old. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk to whoever, uh, you know, like runs this joint and, and see, uh, like, I need the lights to come up more. I'm just getting old. It's getting dark in here. I, I'm tripping and falling. Like, I, I, that's just me. Um, but of those of you I can see, I just want to say hi. Uh, I, I have the privilege. Hi. I have the privilege of being uh, one of the pastors here, and, uh, and I have the privilege to be able to share God's word with you today. Um, I'm grateful that I made it to today. Um, two days ago, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be preaching. Uh, like, my fever was 102. Uh, I was like, it's, it's, not, it's not happening. There's no voice. It's not coming. I was like, I was texting the teaching team. Like, I had it ready to go in, in the event I needed to hit send and say, you're up. You know, like, always be ready. Like, you're up. Um, but uh, the fever passed and medicine works. Praise God for that. And uh, so I'm hopped up on all sorts of Mucinex and ibuprofen and caffeine and Sudafed. And, and so for those of you that like high energy, John, it's probably just going to be like right here. <laughs> and for those that uh, don't like high energy, John, praise God for you. <laughs> Today's your day. That's, this is it. So uh, we, uh, we're in the midst of a, a teaching series called Be Real. So I'm going to be real today. I, I, like, can you be real today? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> That's a really weird thing that just happened. The first service was more awake than y'all. Like, Jeff, I don't know what to do with that, man. Like, the, like I, I, can y'all be real today? There it is. There it is. There's a new social media app, uh, you know, called Be Real, and uh, same name, looks like that. And, and uh, the, the thing that makes this a little different than the other social media apps is that this app, it, like, tells you when you're supposed to post, and then you have, like, two minutes to post, and, like, whatever's, like wherever you're at, your phone goes, beep, beep, you know, and then it's like, it's like you just take a picture, and wherever you're at, whoever you're with, it, it, you take the picture, and then it takes a selfie of you, and then it's just... It's there, you know, and, and I personally think it's just a way for Big Brother to figure out where you are at all times, but that's just me. But, like, the, the, the really different thing about this app is also that there's no way for you to edit the photo. Like, you can't crop the photo and, like, crop out the weird guy in the back corner picking his nose that you didn't know was in the photo, you know. Or, or you can't, like, adjust the color balance or the warmth balance, you know, so you don't look as pasty pale like me. Uh, that Like, maybe, maybe that's just I'm the only one who adjusts those color filters. You know, like, that's one of the things about Be Real. And so I thought, well, if we're going to do this message, the series on Be Real, and, and we're going to reference this app, I should probably download the app see what it's all about. How many of you have this app, downloaded it, and are, and are using it? A couple of you and none of y'all friend requested me. That's weird. That's real weird because you're like, I don't want my pastor seeing me be real. <laughs> Here's a couple of my screenshots of being real. This is silly. I was, uh, I was putting up a, 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 some shiplap. That was fun. Uh, what else? Yep, yep, Fortnite. That's right. That's your pastor right there and his dog. Caesar salad, y'all. Eat the whole bowl. Finish it, right? This is being real. Uh, in a meeting, strategizing, working together with the team, and uh, sometimes you just got to be real. So I'm not sure what I was or wasn't doing in that photo. The, the phone just said it's time to be real. Y'all don't know what to do with me, do you? 
It's being real, right? It's being real. Uh, aside from a social media app, this teaching series about being real is truly an invitation for all of us to be real. Like, for real. Like, aren't you, like, is anybody else just tired of, like, the, the phony, fake facade? Like, just, just be real. Like, no, quit the spin management. Just be real. Like, like really, just, just, let's just be real. This series, no, this ministry, Jesus' ministry is an invitation to be real, to bring the whole you, right? Like, we can take the imperfections and the struggles and the failures and the broken pieces because we have imperfections and failures and broken pieces like we can we can come together and mourn and celebrate and 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 celebrate and lose and win and and heal and break and become together because that's what Jesus did that's what Jesus does like he, he invites and meets people right where they are just as they are and invites them into relationship to collaborate with the spirit, to grow and learn and mature, to quit settling for like thin, breakable, arm's length relationships. And he, instead, he invites us into real, messy relationships. Real relationships. So, so if you're ready, like just to, just to kind of stop, like maybe with the, the pretending of how you're really doing. Like, we, we, we can all share a common ground because the, the, the floor is flat at the cross, right? There, there is equality at the cross. It is even ground right there. We can share that common ground despite our differences, and we got differences, right? We, we have different struggles, but in Christ, there's common ground. In Christ, we have a savior. In Christ, we have a healer, a, a mighty counselor, a friend. So, so are you ready to be real? Some of y'all is ready to be real. Some of y'all, you need some Sudafed. The good stuff, the stuff behind the counter. Not that, you know what I'm talking about. I want to be real today. And I want to talk to you a little bit about a word that's in here a lot. That word is anxiety. So I'm going to be real. I'm going to go to my Bible. <sighs> Kelly was like, I can't believe you're taking up your big old Bible. That, like, this is my study Bible. She's like, I can't believe you're taking that up there. Normally, like, you take up the pretty Bible. Like, there's pretty Bibles, like, pretty colors and pretty. I was like, no, nah, you're getting this Bible, the Bible with all my notes in it, with letters in it, the nice uh, a reminder for my son to be bold. That's, that goes in there, the good stuff. This is that Bible. So uh, today, let me, let me read God's word to you. This is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. It says, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may lift you up in honor, casting all your anxieties on him. 
because he cares for you. Stay alert. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion. Hey, folks, the enemy is not a lion. He prowls around like a lion. There's only one lion. His name is Jesus, the Lion of Judah. Amen? The enemy likes to prowl around and get really noisy and get in our heads, but he ain't a lion. He'd like to be, but he got cast out. It says, stand firm against the enemy and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. You are not alone. Whatever it is you're going through, I'm telling you, friends, you are not alone. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, newsflash, you're going to follow Jesus. You're going to suffer a little bit. <laughs> Don't know if you know that. After you have suffered a little while, he will restore you. Praise God. He will support you. He will strengthen you. And he will place you on a what? A firm foundation. All power to him forever and ever. Amen. Jesus, um, use me. Uh, however you want to use me today. Uh, let your word penetrate. Uh, renew our minds, renew our hearts, um, push past whatever insecurities or stuff we brought through the door. Holy Spirit, have your way in this time. Amen. So I asked you a question. I'm going to ask you another one uh, about me. Um, can I be real with you today? You know, if you would have said no, that would have been the shortest sermon ever. So you had your shot, you know. <laughs> you blew it. Uh, so uh, I have wrestled with anxiety for most of my adult life. Um, all, all, all of them. It's crazy. Mixed in with my OCD and all sorts of uh, compulsive behaviors that I won't get into because you're not my therapist. And I didn't pay you, I pay them. I hire them. Uh, most of my adult life, I have wrestled with anxiety. In 2015, uh, I was taken to the emergency room uh, because I thought I was having a heart attack. Uh, my heart was racing. Uh, I was having trouble breathing. Uh, I was sweating. I couldn't see clearly. And, and so, you know, they did lots of tests on me and EKGs and stress tests. And, you know, they're pumping dye in my veins and, like, you know, stressing my body. And, like, they had me run on a treadmill. And, you know, while they're talking to me about my past failures and, and family history. And, and, and then one enormous hospital bill later, my diagnosis, anxiety. Thanks. I was talking to somebody after service, and this gentleman had gone through something similar, and he said, the worst part was the hospital bill. <laughs> the second worst part was the medical staff. When they're like, well, we ran all the tests, and, and, and you're fine. Thanks for that, because I feel fine. Anxiety. Intense 
excessive and persistent worry, nervousness, and fear about everyday situations. Symptoms may include fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, feeling tired, isolation, lack of appetite, and depression. (laughs) I want to speak candidly about anxiety, not from a clinical perspective, because I am not a psychologist or a mental health expert. Uh, I want to talk to you about anxiety from a biblical perspective today today. As a pastor who has been preaching God's word and caring for his people for the last 15 years, who also happens to wrestle with anxiety. If anxiety is an unwelcomed roommate that you've been forced to live with, please know that you are not alone. People have been wrestling with this for thousands of years uh, in our Bible Anxiety is is all throughout this. Some of our our favorite Bible heroes, those that read the Bible a lot, you you know some of our heroes, they spoke openly about their anxious thoughts. Today, though, 33% of all teens wrestle with anxiety, while 31% of all adults will struggle with anxiety at some point in their life. If you don't have the noisy roommate called anxiety living in your attic, praise God for you. I wonder what that's like. Uh, But as followers of Jesus called to love our neighbor, I want you to know, don't check out, because one out of three of your neighbors is dealing with anxiety. So what's the Bible say about anxiety? Quite a lot, actually. So today I want to take a look at a few places in the Bible that, that address this. And, and I read 1 Peter 5, and I actually wasn't going to even talk about 1 Peter 5, really. You know, on my phone I made notes of what I would talk about and where I was going to go scripture-wise. And, you know, I had all the, the big hitters, you know, Jesus talks about it in, in Matthew 6 when he says, you know, don't worry about things. You know, look at the lilies and look at this and look at the birds and don't worry. Stop worrying. And I'm like, yeah, that's helpful. Uh, and then Philippians 4 and Paul's saying like, hey, don't be anxious. And I'm like, yeah, that's helpful. Uh, And then Proverbs 12, 25, this one gets closer. Anxiety in the heart causes depression, but a kind word cheers it up. Surround yourself with people that will speak life over you because the tongue has the power of life and death. What are you speaking? Speak life. It's not a joke. It's not funny. Speak life. On my list was 1 Peter 5, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's too much there. I can't go there, you know. And so, I, I, again, I'm studying. I went to my Bible. I have this routine. You know, I pray, and then I go to my table, and I open up my computer, open up my Bible, and it does this, right? And it does, now that's not fair because it opened up where I put that bold thing for my son. But even still, like when the Bible opens up, it normally isn't going to open up to the back of the book, right? When you place it on a table, I kid you not. I put the Bible down and it flopped open and it, you know where it went? First Peter 5. <laughs> like, and you want to know how hard that is? That's all the way back here. Like, just from a weight management perspective, that's not where it's going to just naturally flop open. So when it did, I was like, okay, I guess you want to talk about First Peter 5 this weekend. So let's go there. First Peter 5 was written by whom? Yes, first service thought that was a trick question. <laughs> They may be more awake, but you're smarter. Good job. (laughs) 
Not a trick question. It was written by the apostle Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends in his inner circle. You know, he got to witness some things that nobody else got to see. And most scholars believe that Peter is writing this letter to the early Christians that are scattered throughout the Roman Empire uh, right around 62 AD, all right? So this is about 30 years-ish after Jesus has been crucified, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. Now, some, for some context, throughout the 60s, Christians are being just persecuted and murdered left and right under the authority of the new 24-year-old emperor Nero, this crazy guy, right? That's give a young 20-something all sorts of power and control, and that'll never, that's the recipe for awesomeness, right? Nero was uh, determined to rid the empire of these, quote, Christ ones, Anyone who wouldn't renounce their faith and bow their knee to him, they were to be executed on the spot. And so just a few years of Peter penning this letter, Peter would, in fact, be one of those people who was caught, arrested, and executed. He was crucified because he would not renounce his faith in Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God. And so in the midst of Christians being murdered, Peter is writing this letter about how to keep the faith and to persevere in the midst of suffering. Somebody who is dealing with that on the daily may know a thing or two about how to handle things that cause anxiety. In verse 6, Peter writes this. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. He may lift you up in honor, casting all your anxiety on him because what? He, he cares for you. Our God cares for you. I, I think it's uh, only fitting that Peter uses that phrase casting, right? Casting all your anxieties. What did Peter do before he started following Jesus? He was a Fisherman, you guys are on it, right? There's no trick questions, by the way, today. All right, I promise. Uh, so uh, so he, uh, he was a fisherman, and back in the day to catch fish, you know, instead of using, you know, one of these things, you know, a fishing pole, uh, a rod, that they would use a what? They would throw a, a net, right? And, and another way uh, to say throw a net would be to what the net? Cast the net, right? Yes, you guys are on it. I love it. All right, so, so this cast, right? It's interesting at the end of Peter's life, Right, because he, he's a little older now, right? He, he's not the Peter who's, like, ready to fight everybody, right? He, he, he's got some swag still. He's, he's bold, in, and when we read First Peter and Second Peter, he's bold in his preaching. He's bold in his letters. He's got a little of that AARP swag, you know? Come on now, where are you at, Golden Buckeye Club? Come on now. You got that swag still. He's got a little, like, boy, I got the white hair, and I ain't afraid to show it, Right? It's like, I've learned some things. This is Peter. And at the end of his life, he, he points us back to the beginning of his life with Christ. When Jesus first invited Peter to follow him, what was Peter doing when Jesus said, follow me? Boy, come on, that's all he do is fish, <laughs> right? 
Peter and his brother Andrew, they're out there fishing, or at least they were trying to all night. They're trying to catch some fish, right? And they hadn't caught anything. The next morning, there's Jesus, and he's like, hey, guys. And he preaches, and he says, hey, hey, Peter, just push your boat out right now. Just go on out there and cast your net over there, and you'll catch a whole bunch of fish. And, and Peter's like, come on, man. I'm the fisherman. Y'all know who you are. I'm not, no, no, I'm not listening. They go back and forth. You can read this. And, and then finally, Peter does what Jesus says, and what happens? He catches a whole bunch of fish. So much so that they barely can bring the boat back to the shore. And when they do get back, Jesus says to Peter and Andrew, he says, follow me. And boys, I will make you fishers of men. And that started Peter's journey of learning how to cast for Jesus. Cast all your anxiety on Jesus cast, throw it off, throw, throw off the anxiety, throw it off. Like, wouldn't it be nice if we could just throw it off, right? Everybody say, throw it off. It'd be so nice. Throw that off, right? I'm just going to take the jacket off and throw it off and gone. That'd be awesome. Throw it off. In Hebrews, there's a moment there, right? Throw it off, right? Throw off every weight that slows you down, especially the sin that entangles you. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us, right? Fixing our eyes on him, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Throw off, throw off the anxiety. And, but where are we supposed to throw it? Don't, don't second guess yourself. Again, no trick questions. You were doing so good. Uh, on Jesus, throw, throw, cast your anxieties on Jesus, throw your anxieties on Jesus. Like someone standing in the corner and you throw your coat on them and it lands on their head. Like throw your anxiety on him, right? Where are we supposed to throw our anxiety on? Who? That's right. And where we throw it matters. Listen, what you catch is determined by where you cast. Friends, if... If you cast your net of anxiety and other things that make you anxious, you're going to be more anxious. Simple, right? If we cast our net of anxiety, if we cast our net on news stations and social media, whose primary purpose is to make money, right? You know that, right? Okay, Facebook is not there for you to like connect and have a social network. Like, no, it's to make money, okay? <laughs> millions and millions of dollars in this, right? New stations sell, uh, sell what? Fear, anxiety, worry. That makes, that sells. Good news does not sell as good as bad news, okay? Uh, unhealthy posts only stir the pot for more unhealthy posts, like which only leads to them making money and you with more worry and anxious thoughts. Unhealth cast into unhealthy waters will only create more unhealth. So Peter says, hey, um, as you're throwing things out there, make sure you're throwing it on the only one who can take care of it. Funny, that's what Jesus said too. Jesus said, hey, um, bring me your anxiety. Bring me all your stuff and I'll, I'll give you rest for your weary soul. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. 
He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For what I give you is easy to bear. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you, let me take that thing that you think you're supposed to carry and let me give you something that is light. Where are you casting your net right now? How's that working? Who are you taking your anxious thoughts to? Another thing I've noticed um, about my experience with anxiety is that um, my anxiety is always at its worst when my pride is at its best. See, pride isn't, you know, just something that says, like, you're the greatest. You know, we, we say pride and we think, yeah, the Titanic, yeah, the prideful. Like, no, pride actually uh, is really devilishly awesome um, because it tricks you into thinking um, that you don't need anybody else's help. Let's look, at, look back at what Peter says in verse 6. He says, um, humble yourselves, <laughs> humble yourselves, lower yourselves, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, who will exalt you? He will exalt you. He will lift you up at the right time, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Humble yourself. How do we humble ourselves? Verse 7, by casting your anxieties on Jesus. It's funny how Peter is trying to make a correlation here. Maybe we should see this too. Humble yourself. By admitting you have things that are weighing you down. Friends, when we act like we're fine, that's probably what we are. Fine. Freaked out, insecure, emotional, and neurotic. F-I-N-E. Anybody in here fine? <laughs> Me too, right? I'm fine. I'm fine. One, of, one of our teams showed me a T-shirt, said, I'm going to get this. And it said, I'm fine. And it had, like, blood stain on the side. <laughs> like, I'm fine. That's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Pride gets us into thinking that we're fine. Pride gets us into thinking that we can handle things on our own, right? Right, guys? Right? Let me, let me bro up for a minute. All right? Okay. How much you guys benching? Yo, I got that old man strength. Okay? Bro, I'm fine. I got this. I don't need anybody's help. Right? I'm a grown Christian man. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps, right? I have things under control. Listen, what's at the center of the word anxiety? <laughs> yeah, a great big fat I. <laughs> I can sustain it. I can handle it. I'm in control. I think it's all on me. Maybe you're crumbling right now. This is me talking into the mirror, just so you know. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking in the mirror. Maybe you're crumbling right now because you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders because guess what? It is. 
You think you can handle it on your own because you think you are at the center of your universe. Every time I have allowed my anxiety to weigh me down or tear me down and get the best of me has been because I was trying to do it all on my own. Maybe you can relate. When my anxiety has been at the highest, I have been at my highest. And I don't mean because of gummies. <laughs> Some of you are like, don't, 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 don't bash my gummies. They help me stay chill. It's cool. <laughs> Somebody thought that was really funny over there. <laughs> See you afterwards. <laughs> hmm. You can't spell anxiety without I. Uh, it's right in the middle. What other word is I right in the middle of? Pride. <laughs> Maybe the reason um, that one out of th every three of us in the room right now wrestles with anxiety, we've been carrying around anxiety that we can't handle because we've been carrying around a burden that was never ours to bear. This week, um, a few things happened to me that kind of knocked me, uh, just knocked some sense into me, and it's, it doesn't, it's not the cold. Um, it's a good thing maybe I have the cold. It's toned me down, if you, and this is toned down. Um, so a few things happened, and, and it reminded me how much I need to cast my anxieties on Jesus, the only one who can take care of things. First, uh, in the spirit of being real um, and practicing what I preach, um, I'm going to share. Uh, I'm going to share something with you uh, that knocks some sense into me. And and uh, what I'm going to share may cause you anxiety. <laughs> And I don't mean to do that on purpose. It's just I got to, you know, being real with you, all right? So uh, recently someone um, someone that uh, used to go to Whitewater uh, said some really nasty things about me. Um, and they sent a message to me, and then they shared it, uh, some of their thoughts uh, with some of you. Um, and you may have received that message. And, uh, and normally this stuff doesn't, uh, doesn't bother me. It kind of just rolls off my back, right? I, I've been called the worst by the best, you know. Uh, besides, like, the birthmark of a believer is a bullseye. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, like, but, but for some reason, like, man, this one got to me. I was so mad that it got to me. I was embarrassed it got to me. I was frustrated it got to me. But it got to me. Like, it, like it, it yeah, they attacked my preaching style and my appearance, and I'm like, man, come on. But then they went on to attack my authenticity, my character, and my calling. And this hurt, and, and it's, it, it's embarrassing even to say that it hurt. And it hurt more than I care to admit. Because the enemy knows what, he knows what buttons to push. And so this caused some anxious thoughts. 
that same week uh, when all this was going on, I got an update of how things are going here at the church. And, and, and some good news, uh, right? The good news, uh, and I do mean this, the good news is that, man, it's been beautiful. New families and individuals have been coming here uh, every Sunday, uh, like for the last few months. People from all different, like, cultural backgrounds and walks of life, and people, you know, ha- have been stepping into the church that they thought the church was against them, and people have been taking steps of faith and dedicating their lives to Jesus and being baptized and asking for help, and people have been stepping forward saying, hey, I, w- I want to get involved and be a part of the mission here, and like, but praise God, Right? Like, that's what we're supposed to be doing, right? That's, you, you should praise God for that, just so you know. I said people were stepping in. That's a good, I know all of you were like waiting for the butt. <laughs> You're all like bracing for <laughs> So that, I actually got to see that. You know, you were like, oh, what's he going to say next? Yeah, but so the challenging news was that over the past uh, few months, as we've been taking a look at the reports, our finances have taken a significant hit. And, uh, and our team couldn't have predicted, like, how the leadership transitions over the last two years and then a global pandemic, hello, would dramatically impact our resources. Friends, right now we are 25% underfunded. Like, that means that, you know, our contributions, our tithes, our offerings are 25% lower than anticipated and or committed And so as a team, we've tightened our belts, right? We've limited our spending and expenses. We were kind of like going like like a light system. Like we're in like the, it's it's not green, like spend your budget. It's like not yellow. It's like orangish red, (laughs) you know? And we've got a team that's getting together and we're working on a strategic plan to address the situation and we're praying and we're fasting. And needless to say, this has been causing some... um, Anxiety, <laughs> you know, like I had a lot of white hair, um, but then like it was like in a two-week process, like this whole side just went white. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's, I'm sure that's healthy. Um, <laughs> that's wisdom right there, right? It's, it's funny, like my pride doesn't want me to communicate any of this to you. I have I have uh, I have leaders around me that that don't think I should communicate this with you. The enemy wants to make me believe that by telling you this, you will see me as a failure and a leader who isn't worthy of following. Interestingly enough, um, when these two things uh, kind of went down, uh, they, they, they happened like right before we're about to roll out like a strategic plan and, and things we've been working on, right? We've been working on this discipleship training um, and a network called the Hope Network. And this, it's a network that will train and equip and send out and support disciples who will make disciples, you know, all throughout this region, transforming the world around them and bringing heaven to earth and, and starting new churches and, and new smaller communities of faith, you know, being the hands and feet of Jesus, like tangibly offering hope 
right, to a hurting world, a hope network that will actually lean in and do even greater things for the over 700,000 people within an hour's reach of us that aren't connected to a church because I think they, we should go after them. A hope network uh, that'll do something about the 5.4 billion people in our world that are hungry and starving and don't know Jesus. That's the, the, like what we've been working on. So like, let's go after that. Let's do something about that. And Praise God. <laughs> that 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 is is what our team's working on. That's why you don't always see me up here on Sunday. I know some of y'all are like you just don't work. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna beat you with a bat. That's my anxiety talking. I turn the other cheek, honest. I promise. I really, really promise. Like, like that's why you don't always see me. I'm training up other leaders so we can train them up and equip them up and send them out to change the world. It's not all about me, <laughs> right? Come on. I don't ever want to hear you guys like, oh, I just hope John's up here. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope you hear Jesus, not John. My gosh, like we're building a new system and a new strategy. Because guess what? Ever since 2008 when everything crashed, people stopped going to church. And we got to go to them because they still matter to Christ. So we got to train up, equip, and send out and support we got to do something new. we got to build upon the 100 years of God-honoring tradition here at Whitewater and step on that foundation of the shoulders of those who have come before us, who now we can dream upon that foundation and build upon that foundation to reach even higher kingdom goals and bring glory and honor to the Father. That's what we're working on. That's what we're going after. And the enemy knows that too. <laughs> Cue the flaming arrows of attack. That's cool. It's cool. That's cool. He wants to fight. That's cool. I'm going to fight too. But listen, I can't fight alone. Upon hearing the uh, financial news and, and receiving the glad tidings of joy from our disgruntled friend. It is joy, right? We're supposed to consider it joy. I took all of this on my shoulders and because I got that old man strength, you know, put it on my shoulders, let's go, I got this, and I kept this all to myself for quite a while, <laughs> you know, get to work, John. That is until I started uh, to feel those same feelings that I experienced back in 2015 that sent me to an emergency room. <laughs> Now, thankfully, uh, your pastor, he's a learner as well, and uh, I'm a little less boneheaded than I used to be, and so I didn't wait until my anxiety got the best of me. I humbled myself, I paused, and I reached out for help, and I cast my anxieties on Jesus, the only one who could actually do something about it. I gave it over him, and, and I gave it to him, and I trust in him that he will make a way. He will make the path clear. He will make it very clear the way forward. And I will be resolute in following him and take the path that he sets before us. Friends, if you battle with anxiety, whatever it is that you may be up against in your life, I, I, if there's anything that I want you to remember today, it's this. It's, it, this is what has kept me out of the emergency room. Um, it's one word, it's four letters, P-R-A-Y. 
Write this down. P-R-A-Y. Pause. Like I feel it right now. It's not the it's not the adrenaline and it's not the drugs. But my anxiety is through the roof right in this moment. Because I know the enemy doesn't want me to be saying any of this. Because you may be able to be set free if we just learned this right here. Pause. Breathe. Just breathe. Reach out. Have someone in your corner that you can reach out to. You don't need a whole lot of people. Reach out. Bless you. (laughs) Reach out. Ask for help. Don't just reach out. Right? You know how we do? Like, we, we get real we're bold and we finally reach out, but then we get cold feet. We reach out and then we're like, hey. And they're like, hey. Hey, man, how you doing? Like, oh, I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. And that's it. Like, how about them bangles? How about them browns? How about the weather? How about stuff? Okay, cool. See you later. Cool. Cool. And you never once actually get to the stuff. Ask for help and yield. Yield to him, his way, not our way. His yoke, not ours. He knows what's best. Pause. Reach out. Ask for help. Yield to him. Pray. Don't worry about anything. Instead, P-R-A-Y about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything, amen, that we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind. I did tell you, um, you can come out, Chris. Uh, I did tell you that some things happened this week that knocked some sense in me, right? So would you like to hear those things? Yes, thank you. (laughs) You was honest. You're like, get to it. (laughs) So uh, some things knocked some sense in me, helped me right-size things. I started to talk to some people about everything that's been going on, you know, the, the, the good and the challenging. And on Monday of this week, I got an email, um, a, good, a good email. <laughs> I got an email letting me know that uh, someone from our Whitewater community, uh, they heard the financial news and situation we're in right now, and they committed to writing a $50,000 check to, to help the right now need. Yeah, praise God. On Thursday, um, right as I was about to uh, go down an unhealthy path of anxiety, <laughs> of disappointment, a, uh, a woman stopped by uh, our office to talk to Kelly and I. And uh, she shared with me, uh, you know, that she was moving. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and I'm bracing. This is how bad it is, right? You know, like, you're not sure where a conversation is going to go. And I'm waiting for, like, the, and and I'm going to let you know my thoughts on my way out the door, right? Because, you know, 
there's a, yeah. That's sad, you know, that that's my default because it's happens. Like, we got to do better. We got to do better. Like, so I'm bracing, right? And she goes, well, I'm leaving. And I like, breathe. Pause. But she said she couldn't leave without coming in to say thank you. Um, like to me specifically. Um, and she had this like letter in her hand because was, she wasn't sure if she was going to see me. And so she wrote down her, her words. Um, and like I'm so grateful that she wrote them down. Like it was so weird because she said I was planning on coming there Friday and I don't normally work in the office on Friday so I would have missed her. And it, she just so happened to come on Thursday where I would happen to be there. And, and this one, this one's going to, I'm going to hold on to this one. This one, she, um, yeah. So she said, um, <clears throat> I just have to thank you for how you give people hope. Uh, everyone on your teaching team is great. Her words, uh, they are real and true. Honestly, you've got a great crew but John, when you speak, you touch people's souls because you speak to the heart of someone who is hurting because you're not afraid to share that you've been hurt too. And then she handed me a check. <laughs> and it would have been a cool story, right, if i have been like, and it was the exact amount of our financial gap that she's like, and it, it wasn't, and... It was a humble check, and it was one of the most powerful checks that I've ever gotten, and it wasn't the, the amount, it was the heart behind it, because she said, what you, your team has been doing here at Whitewater is you've created a space for people to come in and just be accepted. Like, you've created this space where, like, misfits can, like, belong. So she said, thank you for inviting me in and allowing me to sit here free of charge. <laughs> and that night, after I wiped away all the tears from my eyes, you know, because uh, God gave me tear ducts, so I thought I should use them. Um, I looked out the window, just kind of like kind of lost in what just happened, and God uh, gave me this. And... Uh, and that night, he used that sunset to remind me that he's the one in control and not me. <laughs> that he reminded me that we can't let the financial worries of tomorrow keep us from pursuing the kingdom dream of today. And he reminded me that the one who paints the sky and moves the mountains that we're on his mind and he thinks of us and he cares for us. And that is why Jesus says not to worry. (laughs) 
He says, don't worry about your everyday life. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you all that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. Cast your anxiety upon him, the one who controls your tomorrow. P-R-A-Y for today. And maybe, just maybe, we will receive peace and rest for our weary souls. So, Father, I thank you for how you remind us of your goodness and mercy. I thank you that you are good always. We praise you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Father, I ask that your spirit overwhelms your people with peace. Renew our hearts, renew our minds. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Chris is going to lead us in uh, one more song. Friends, this is not the time to get your coat. This is your moment to go to the Father, to cast your stuff on the only one who can do something about it. To take a step of faith, to reach out, to pause, to ask for help. to yield to him and what he's asking you to do. And so prayer team, uh, come on up right now. Uh, staff, uh, if you're in the room, come on up uh, because I want to invite folks up. If, if you need someone to pray with you, man, come up during this next song. If you just need to come up and kneel before him and like, because that's in your tradition and you're like, I need to go do that. Please go do that always. If you just need a hug, man, come on up. Get a hug. Don't underestimate the power of something as simple as a hug. This time is yours. Don't rush through this moment. Pause. So during the song, you can, you can come forward. Uh, you can stand if you want. You can kneel if you want. Just don't, don't miss this moment. He will give you rest.
So, Father, this moment is yours. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to how you taught us to pray. Um, Father, uh, thank you that you are holy. You are holy and you are in control and you have the power and we do not. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, provision, Father. Thank you for your daily bread, Father. Thank you for how you provide all that we need for today. Father, thank you for how you protect. Help us today to cast our anxieties, our worries, our fears on you. Help us to come to you, all of us who are weary, all of us who are burdened, all of us who carry weight that is not ours to carry. Help us to come to you so that we may experience rest for our weary soul. It's in your name that all God's people say, amen.